Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Well, well, <laughs> I really have no idea what to say here because I kind of want to open up these microphones and start crushing the offense again, but it wasn't necessarily the worst game we've seen from the Steelers offense in, of course, just three games so far in the 2022 mm. season, but... It showed some promise, especially in that first half. It showed some creativity. It looked like they were opening things up a little bit. But maybe that was just the way it felt. Because when the game ended, you looked at the scoreboard and the Steelers still just had 17 points to their name. You looked at the stat book and you saw that the Steelers only passed the ball in between the hashes in the middle of the field about four times total in the game last night. And I think two of them came on that desperation last drive to Fryermuth, which, by the way, thanks for finally looking at Fryermuth. It only took you about 58 minutes of game time to actually crack that code and on see, the, utilize him in the middle of the field. On the last drive that you actually were moving the ball down the field. So I yeah. sit here today and I'm thinking to myself, well, they tried more things. They looked better, maybe more like an NFL offense, but the results were the same. So I, I can't really crush them and... You know, we we talked about how if Mitch plays really bad and they lose this game to Cleveland, could this lead to Kenny Pickett taking over against the New York Jets? Well, they lost to Cleveland, and Mitch didn't necessarily light it up, but can you really say he played bad? I I think he played better than he did last week against New England. I'd say so, only because you saw him take shots down the field. You saw him try to get the ball to... uh, Excuse me, George Pickens. You try to you you saw him try to get Najee Harris involved in the pass game. These are all things you wanted him to do moving forward after that New England game, which he wasn't doing. It just even though he was taking those shots, it wasn't really a productive day. It wasn't a productive day. That's a great way of putting it. Is that you you made your you, efforts, you saw, you tried, but they didn't yield any no. results, and obviously. You saw two different offenses in the first half and the second half. I mean, the first half, the game turned into the shootout that we, of course, all thought it was going all to be. All predicted. We all knew it was going to be like that. But, I mean, Stan said this on the postgame show last night. Not only was it impressive that the Steelers were able to score back-to-back drives mm-hmm. against the Browns in the first half, they did it in response to Cleveland. Yes. Cleveland scores, Cleveland and then scored. Steelers put 
right back in their mouth. Tying then game. Cleveland scores Missed again. Missed the extra point, and then when Steelers go, scores, takes the lead, and takes a lead into halftime. Like, it wasn't just, oh, the offense is starting to click a little bit. They're putting 14 points up on the board. They're 180-plus yards in the first half. This looks like 2022 football. It was that on top of they're not letting the Browns, you know, stack points on top of them. They're responding in kind whenever the Browns do something positive mm-hmm. offensively. So you go into halftime and you're sitting there going, man, this is exciting. This is this is what we've been asking for. They're, they're, they're running the ball decently effectively. They're getting Najee involved. They're not getting Frymuth involved, but we still – we ignore that at that point because they're up 14 to 13. George Pickens is OBJ 2.0. Mm-hmm. I mean, things were exciting. Yes. And then the second half was like a wet fart again. Najee Harris was able to find a hole and break it to the outside without having to do so unnecessarily, right? He <clears throat> he made the route that was designed for him and he he broke his tackle on his way into the end zone. All of again, all the things that we had said last week that you wanted to see out of this team happened. <clears throat> it just you didn't see enough of it, and what you did see sometimes was just, I guess, a glimpse at what could have been because there were so few sightings of it. So few sightings of it. And the one play that I thought was really creatively done, and it reminded me of a Shanahan or a McVay, uh-huh. was the play where Najee got a first down after hurdling a defender. Yes. Pickens was running in motion with mm-hmm. Mitch. Mitch had to have some fancy feet work. Look a little ballerina-esque out there as he, you know, turns and rotates and fakes a handoff here. And then, of course, I think there was probably a, a, a route down the field more that might have been a big hitter on that play. But he had to check it down to Najee, and he did, yep. and Najee did the rest. But just the motion with Pickens and the the amount of options that were presented on that play that the defense had to take into account, Pickens, Trubisky, Najee in the flat, whatever was developing down the field. I mean, Mm -hmm. it makes the defense really overextend itself and think extra hard, and you saw it yielded a first down with a favorable one-on-one matchup with Najee. So we saw a little bit more of that modern creativity in the offense, but it's just it leaves you wanting more. And now the problem is, so you tried this – you know, opening up of the playbook to an extent. Still didn't throw over the middle of the field enough, but you know, you're, you're getting a little bit more creative, but you're still not yielding any results. I mean, mm-hmm. how much longer do we go here until we just say that the offense in general is a problem? The, and I mean the scheme with that, not the personnel. Well, earlier earlier this week, Tom, you would ask me, is this a must-win game? And I had said for reasons that don't really matter about the end End results when we're sitting here at the start of the calendar year of 2023. <clears throat> but in terms of the state of the team, I had said yes because it would show a lot of a lot of either lack of faith in either Matt Canada or Mitch Trubisky or possibly both. And I think after this loss, once again, the fingers have been pointing to Matt Canada and Mitch. I think Mitch a little had a better game than he did against New England, but the Canada play calling once again seems to be the biggest target. And when you talk about a must-win game, it seemed like even if you were going to lose this game, from the first half you're going to say, "Okay, we're okay. We're moving in the right direction. We understand that different plays can be made. We 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 see the creativity enough. The ball was being able was able to be moved down the field. So if you lose this game, it's no big deal." 
And that was after the first half, but the second half was a totally different story. The second half left such a bad taste in your mouth that you almost forget about how good the Steelers were moving down the field in the first half. Exactly. And now we're at a point where everybody's going to be banging the table for the quarterback change mm-hmm. as we head towards the weekend. Well, this is this oh, is a long week before the Jets game on Sunday. This is that first window that people yeah. are pointing to saying you have the long week now, you have what you think is a beatable opponent against the Jets. This is your time to to swing in Kenny if you want. So people are going to be banging on that table all week long and it's going to get kind of annoying because I don't think it's going to happen. I think it had to be a loss with Mitch really just blowing things up. For if it this to, loss was on Mitch, yeah, exactly. Yes. But it really wasn't. You couldn't point to. You can point to him maybe not making enough plays, but he didn't turn the ball over no. in the game. And there were a couple of passes that were right in the breadbasket that he was let down by his receivers. Yeah, how about Deontay that? is the big one. That's, That's the one that we'll, going that to we'll go think for about. thirty, forty yards. That's going to set the offense up in prime position to. At least get a field goal, but like Mitch said in the post game, you can't get three points in the second half and win a game like that. So that play really stood out to me. Where incredible arm talent from Mitch. I mean, just dropping the ball in a bucket, and you're allowed to make a mistake if you're a wide receiver. And unfortunately, that was one of the plays, one of the few plays so far this year that Deontay made a mistake. But on the same uh, token, couple of plays where Mitch just completely missed uh, the guys. And the biggest sequence for me that was a problem with Mitch yesterday was Mm. we're getting close to halftime. The Steelers are on the Browns' 42-yard line. He needs to just grab five, six, eight more yards to feel more comfortable about it to get the Steelers into a makeable field goal range for Boswell, get three more points on the board, go into halftime 17-13. to And he misses Deontay Johnson yes. wide, open. wide open. He tries to hit Pickens, goes way over his head, and it just goes out of bounds. Way out of Pickens bounds. Pickens covered. Deontay literally threw his hands up like, I could have literally Easily. called fair catch and yeah. caught this ball. Then the next drive, he goes back to, or the next play, excuse me, he goes back to Pickens on and out, just sails it out of bounds. Really didn't give anybody a shot to actually catch the ball. And then they got stymied on the third play, and they can't get that extra points heading into halftime. I mean, that's a good quarterback even an average quarterback needs to pick up five more yards there. And if he has to do it with his legs, do it with your legs. And that's another he seemed, thing. He seemed just, comfortable moving the rest of the night. He seemed really comfortable as he maneuvered the pocket. And he had a lot mm-hmm. of nice plays where he stepped around rushes. But mm-hmm. I, take off and run. Like, I remember seeing this guy in Chicago look like a gazelle galloping down the middle of the field. You have not seen that once. Not only have you not seen him, you know, really bust one open, when he does run, the second the first contact comes to him, he's down in a slide. He's down in a dive. He's getting down and protecting himself. And you got to protect yourself if you're the quarterback. But I mean, you're you're an athlete. Like you're make, able make a guy miss. Right, maybe right. try to juke a guy out. <laughs> you're I don't, able I don't know. to avoid contact. Yeah, maybe he makes a mistake. Like it's it's to the point where the the defender starts to break and he's in his slide. Like mm-hmm. maybe that guy makes a mistake. Maybe he over pursues. I don't know. But you can we haven't no we yeah. we haven't known just because he's afraid I, I wouldn't say afraid but he is trying to protect himself and avoiding that contact by going down and that's been I think I mean along with missing some open receivers that's been his second biggest critic or criticism is he's taking bad sacks he's taking once he breaks out of the pocket he's taking bad tackles I I, I can't understand why because as you said Tom when 
the tape that you saw out of Chicago, he was really willing to move around the move around the field with that ball in his hand. And I don't know why he's not willing to do it here in Pittsburgh. I don't know why either. Makes me wonder if he's being coached to do that. Doesn't make sense to me. I don't know why you would try to limit maybe your quarterback's biggest asset. And maybe that's the biggest problem here is that can your quarterback's best asset be his mobility and his ability to run when? if he's not Lamar Jackson, no. if he's not Jalen Hurts? Right. Like if he's not elite and prolific at it, then that's just a really nice, you know, thing to have in your back pocket as a quarterback. And something that can help you get a good 10 yards, pick up a first down, and move the chains. He's not Allen. He's not Jackson. He's not Hurts, where, you know, I think that he could run for 100 yards per game and the coaching staff's just telling him not to. I don't think the coaching staff's telling him not to run either. I think this just might be a conscientious decision on Mitch's end. And he's trying to protect himself from all costs. And Tim Benz actually brought up this point on Countdown to kickoff on Wednesday. Maybe in a weird way in the back of his head, he knows that if he runs and he gets hurt and Kenny comes in, there's a very slim chance that he, he ever get, gets that job back. He doesn't back. get the job back, right. He wasn't impressing that much before he hypothetically got injured in this scenario that we're painting. Kenny comes in and does as good as Mitch with a little bit more promise, or if he lights it up and does better than Mitch, you're screwed. Now you're looking at, hey, I've recovered four weeks after I get hurt, and now I am stuck as a backup unless Kenny gets hurt again. And by the way, my contract's for two years, so if they really wanted me to, I'm on this bench for two years as a backup. Now I'm looking at career backup in the eyes. And there's two schools of thought here. You could go out there and take it if you're Mitch, really ball out, run all over the field, use your your mobility as an asset, a lot of deep balls in the middle of the field, take a lot of risks, try to earn that job by being a legit NFL quarterback and going out there and winning games yourself. Or it's the path that I think he's taking, which is I'm not going to make a mistake. I'm not going to be the reason why, much like we're talking about here with this Browns game, people point the finger at and say, hey, Mitch lost the Steelers the game on Thursday night. He's trying to be really conservative in a weird way to – Maybe stave off Pickett to keep his job as long as he can. I don't know. Save his career. And I'm not saying it's on purpose either. I just think it's something that, you know, subconsciously he's thinking, I can't force things. I can't. (laughs) I throw a couple pick sixes. I'm I'm done. Eight's in, and there's no. Like, once eight comes in, the band aid's not going back on. I'm not playing again. No, this isn't. Unless he gets injured. This isn't a Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph scenario where you're not happy or you're not comfortable with either guy going out. So whoever has the hot hand. You're going to give them that ball, just like Mike Tomlin did in 2019. He was going back and forth, back and forth, almost every other week between Mason and Duck. Here, it's totally different. Here, Kenny Pickett is a first-round draft pick compared to Duck Hodges, who was an undrafted free agent the Steelers signed. Once Kenny comes in, as you said, I don't think he's coming back out. You, That's not a guy where you, as young as he is, can instill a lack of confidence in him. If he comes out and he doesn't start off, say he has a very similar start to Mitch, even if you decide to pull Mitch, you can't put Mitch back in because what does that say to Kenny? That, oh, we tried you out, but we didn't love it, so we're going to go back to the other guy. No, if Kenny comes in, unless he's god-awful and a complete bust, then you're going to stick with Kenny for the rest of the season and probably for the rest of the time that Mitch Trubisky is a Pittsburgh Steeler. But again, I mean, I think you're right. I don't think that Mitch is making those big mistakes. It's just the the, the decisions he's making to avoid the mistakes are still just as frustrating. Wouldn't you say? 
yeah, I want him to be more risk or take more risk. I want him to use the middle of the field more. And whether that's by design with the game plan or he's just too adverse to try to throw the ball in those windows, it, it's not enough. It's not good enough for, for no, the Steelers. Not. And another thing that's not good enough, and we talked about this at the outset of this episode, they're not getting Firemuth involved enough at all. No. I mean, only four targets, two catches, 41 yards. Both of Both those catches on came on that last desperation yep. drive that got the Steelers the field goal and had them set up a chance to get the onside kick down six points in the game. It's way too late to start using him, but that's exactly the way you should have been using him throughout the entire game. I mean, the first one that he caught was in no means a easy, wide-open no, play. At all. And it was something that Mitch had to throw a ball into a tight window, put it where only his receiver, Fryermuth, could catch it, and he did it perfectly. And Fryermuth went up and made an amazing combat catch in double coverage. That's what that dude's going to be able to do for you. He's a mismatch for mm-hmm. a lot of DBs, a lot of linebackers. He's big, he's extremely athletic, and he's got great hands. Then you see him go right back to him a player or two later, again, down the middle of the field. I mean, he by far averaged the most yards per reception on the team with his two catches. Yes. 20 and a half yards per catch. I think the first one went for 26 and the other one for 20. We've said so much in the offseason, in the training camp period, in the preseason, first two weeks of the regular season. The tight end can be a quarterback's very best friend in an offense. He can be a safety blanket, but he can also be a game a breaker. Target. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it's an amazing position now in the NFL where you can find your most valuable asset at that spot and almost use him as a cheat code of sorts to matriculate the ball down the field. And for him to only have the four targets and to only mm. catch two of them towards the end of the game when I know you had a puncher's chance still, but it was it would have been a Jets miracle 2.0 if you would have been able to pull off that comeback, kick that field goal, get the onside kick. Well, that onside kick almost was recovered. It's it really kind of—you could make the argument it should have been recovered. Right. But I digress. Get Firemuth more involved in the game. It's, it's so obvious, and— it kind of feels like we're all banging our head against the wall because it all of the things we say seem very obvious to me, and to you, simple. to everybody else. And it's like they either are saying, well, that's cute. You don't really know what you're talking about. It may look simple on paper, but it's a lot harder than you think. Or they're just being really stuck in their ways and they're not willing to swallow a little bit of pride and maybe say, yeah, you know what? This offense needs a little tweaking. But then at the same point, or at the same time, it's end of September. Like, how much tweaking can you really do? Like, this right. train is on the tracks, and it is rolling now. Like, you have to—you're going to rip out—I guess this would be the week to do it because you're going to rip out some things and put new things into this offense. You would hope. I mean, you need, a, you need a longer week to do that. You need to do it at a bye week. You need to do that this longer week because, like, normal week, and even this week, you know, you're trying, to, you're trying to figure out the Jets. You're trying to game plan against the Jets. You can't focus on yourself and your own game plan and then also go in it and, and tailor one specifically for the upcoming opponent. So, I don't want to say they went into the uh, the season with a doomed plan, kind of, but the plan that they are utilizing is not bearing any fruit. And I don't know what more we can see because I think we saw it get opened up against Cleveland and it yielded 17 points. Yeah, Tom, it's just I I, I see your frustration about the repetitiveness and the and the what seems to be like a lack of care, right? It just seems that this offense does not care that it's just producing the same thing week in and week out. And I no longer, and I agree with your point about what's the tweak. I mean, why are you tweaking? It's already September. We're we're, we're going to be in October by next week. 
That's the reality. The next game you play will be in October, October 2nd. You no longer have the benefit of being the team who came into week one and went into your division opponent's uh, home stadium the season after they represented them, their conference in the Super Bowl as a surprise team of the season, and you came out with a victory, a wild victory. You're no longer that team. You are now the team that has stagnated on offense through the last eight quarters, if not more so, dating back to a couple of maybe the fourth quarter and the third quarter against the Bengals, right? So you're mm-hmm. looking at possible eight straight quarters where your offense is really disappointed. You're no longer this upset team who is going into week one opponents and and whether it be the Bills of last year or the Bengals of this year, you're no, you're no longer that team where everyone's impressed that you can come away with a win. The NFL, I mean, we, we talk about it all the time, is 17 games and each week is a different story. So you can, you can hang on to a story as long as you want, but... No matter what you do, by the very next week, that story is going to change no matter what you try to do. Whether you have a, a good performance or a bad, week by week, people are going to remember what you did that week. And it's been a while now since you went into Cincinnati and pulled off a win. You're now 0-2 in your last two games. Your offense has put up, for the first time all year, two offensive touchdowns. You have to do it by the, by the skin of your knees or whatever that saying is. Skin of your teeth. Skin of your teeth, not my knees. It just, it's ridiculous that it took you this long. But still, three games in, you have four offensive touchdowns. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, you know, hey, <laughs> hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but... All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, it's abysmal. And they're just not running enough plays on the offensive side of the ball. You know, they averaged 4.7 yards per carry on the ground against the Browns, and they broke through the century mark as a team team. on the ground. They only carried the ball 22 times, and so I look at that and I initially go, why are they passing so much with Mitch? But then I look up and he only throws the ball 32 times, and it's like, that's That's not not that that much. That's That's a normal dosage for a quarterback like Mitch. So 54 plays is where I come down to. And I say to myself, that's just not enough plays. And then you no, look across the line of scrimmage, and the Browns are running 69 plays there on offense. Is. I mean, they're just not running enough plays. They're not possessing the ball. They're going three and out way too often. It was three, four, three and outs they had in this game. And the second half alone, uh, they punted the ball one, two, three, four, four times. I'm not including that fumble touchdown. Three of those four punts were on three and outs. It's just not good enough. They're not running enough plays. They're not. It's really, the ball it's enough. really disappointing because on the on those three three and outs, 
Three plays for seven yards, a minute 27 off the clock. The next one, three plays, negative five yards, 57 seconds off the clock. The third one, three plays, four yards, a minute and 11 seconds off the clock. So in total, you're you're possess- No wonder the Browns pull away and win the game. They're, they get every chance they need. So in, in three— Defense just waddles out there and quick three and out. and Okay, Jacoby, let's get out there and try it again. In three drives, you've held the ball for less than five minutes. And here's a drive that, and we're not saying, hey, you need to get in the end zone every drive. You need to get a field goal every drive. You can punt. Sometimes punt's the right move. Here's a drive where punting is a good move and a solid drive. Ten plays, 36 yards. You held onto the ball for five minutes and 27 seconds. All right. That was the first drive of the second half for the Steelers. It didn't work out. You had to end up punting the ball. Okay. The Browns come back and kick a field goal on you and take the lead 16 to 14. They drive 14 yards and 70, 14 plays on 70 yards. That's something that I point to the defense and say, hey, you had a whole half. Right. The offense was on the field for five-plus minutes on their first drive. You can't let the Browns just march down the field on 70 yards. You want to know the wild thing about that that punch drive to start the second half? The longest drive of the Steelers of the night. There are two touchdowns, both less than. No. They went seven plays and 75 yards on the second. On the I'm first saying touchdown. time of possession. Oh, wow. Yes. By like, by like twenty seconds. Yes. compared to the other, mm-hmm. the second touchdown drive. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm cool with a punt if you hold on to the ball for five plus minutes before you punt. That's kind of what the Steelers need to do. Like, if you're not going to score, then squeeze the air out of the football and shorten the game. Keep the other team's offenses off the field. But the past two weeks, and even in the Cincinnati game, they just don't keep the offenses off the field, especially in the crucial moments when they need to. Like when you're trying to protect a lead. And the Browns just keep getting the ball back and back and back, and they get so many opportunities to build on a two-point lead. I mean, with the Patriots last week, you know, you had two chances to make something happen with your defense forcing the Patriots into stops and punting the ball away. And you go three and out back-to-back times, and then you just keep giving a chance to the Patriots. And eventually, any NFL team— from the Texans to the Bills, are going to take advantage of those chances if they just keep getting more and more plays and their defense is rested and the offense doesn't have to wait that long to go back out onto the field. So they need to figure out how they can hold on to this football longer. And I I don't know where the answer is because they're not running the ball effectively. They're not moving the chains through the air effectively. They're just they're going three and out way too much. And I'm banging my fist right now because you are. I'm so you quite like, literally I don't are. understand why they keep going three and out. The last two games, I mean, you just pointed out the last two drives against the Patriots, both three and outs. The Patriots ended the game on a six and a half minute drive that ended up with them kneeling down the ball. The Steelers did almost the same thing. And the second half alone, I mean, they went punt, 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 field goal, fumble touchdown. Time of possession, 36 minutes and 9 seconds for the Browns, 23 minutes and 51 seconds for the Again, Steelers. I say this week in and week out. Defenses are not designed to be on the field for nearly 40 minutes, if not more, every week. That I mean, you want to talk about doing yourself a disfavor. You're keeping your defense out there for way too long. That's, that's the losing formula right there. One for nine. Yes, another horrible, horrible number to to bring up. you got to pick up first downs, especially the Steelers need to operate in third and shorts. And I think for the most part, they've done a pretty decent job in doing that. 
But then they can't pick up the third and short. They can't convert and keep drives moving. One for nine on third down is just abysmal. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's horrible. It's 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 hard to do. It, it that should be the outlier. Like a team goes one for nine on third downs, and you're like, wow, what a bad week for them on third down. They'll definitely bounce back next week. With the Steelers, you're like, yeah, that sucks. But like, wow, that's kind of expected. Like they've been struggling on third downs. They've been struggling just to pick up first downs in general. Right. It's not even just. On the third chance that you get, it's the Steelers are not able to pick up the first downs at all. I mean, looking back to the week before, the Steelers on third downs did just as bad of a job. It's just not proper. It's not It's not how you win a football game, and it's how you lose football games, to be honest, Tom. You, you look to the Steelers against the Bengals, 4 for 15. right? You want to talk about how they almost lost that game, how they should have lost that game? It's because they didn't convert it is because they didn't keep possession when they had the opportunity to do so and so that leads into those three and outs right you can't even get to a first down let alone when you have three chances on your third chance you can't even get that first down it's 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 the losing formula for this team well the offense as you can tell based on our first episode of the show is the one side of the ball that deserves most of the blame for this loss Mm -hmm. and pretty much every loss the defense I would say probably had their worst showing of the yeah, year, I'd though. Agree. I mean, they yielded 23 points. Not going to count 29 against them because of that, you know, Stanford band play that went horribly mm-hmm. wrong at the end, and maybe cost a couple betters in Vegas who teased For the sure. Steelers to seven oh, and yeah. a half or something like that. So I'm not going to, you know, say oh they gave up 29 points. It was 23 points that they gave up, but. That's too many, and my God, was Nick Chubb just running wild. So, and Kareem Hunt. Uh, next, next episode, we'll flip over to the other side of the ball. And although, like I said, we're, we're pointing most of the fingers at the offense, there's definitely some fingers For sure. that can be pointed at the defense. You can now listen to Steelers Nation Radio anytime, anywhere through your smart speaker. Just say, Alexa, play Steelers Nation Radio for my heart. Alexa will take care of the rest. Defensive side of the football coming up next. He's Jacob Brecht. I'm Tom Opperman, and this is the Steeler Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.